Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ignorance Is This, a podcast all about a different way of experiencing cinema with little to no knowledge about it beforehand. You better believe that my name is Scott Martin, and also with me is the man who believes a little dab will do ya, Oliver Deer. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Oliver Dem. What's on the program today, Scotty? Can you give us a list? Ollie, a list? <laughs> okay, we're going to be uh, discussing a thought. Um, uh-huh. and we're going to be discussing um, a, a, a movie that is a Netflix movie, but also I think it's also in the cinemas in some places, uh, Annihilation, yep. starring Natalie Portman. Yep. And um, then we're going to be doing a segment that we haven't done for probably 10 plus episodes. So that's, that's going to make a triumphant return. And then we're going to do a haiku and do some plugs. I'm really excited. Uh, I got a good critically acclaimed versus critically lame today. The return Ooh. of the segment. And I also... It's uh, back, baby. I have, I have quite a humble haiku at the end of the show. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a hint? Nope. It's Us- just humble. Using the word humble just, there? Nope. It's nothing to do with Kendrick Lamar. Nothing to do with... I, uh, I forgot humble the definition pie. of humble. Yeah. <laughs> something yeah. to do with pie. Nothing to do with that. It's just... It's not the greatest haiku, but I'm proud of it. And that's... That's nice. That's that's what m- That's actually more than what for. you've been... Well, with the last couple of weeks, Ollie, you haven't been super proud with your with your haikus. So would you say that this is one of your top tier ones? Um, I just like this one because it's a little bit cute. And, and very very relate real relatable, um, but yeah you're right. I usually aren't very happy with my haikus because <laughs> I don't uh, find value in my own work. But uh, and sometimes you don't remember to do them until the show starts. <laughs> it's almost though like I wrote this one a little bit too close to the starting deadline as well. But oh, geez, anyway, right. the date, nah, it's all right though. It's pretty good. Anyway. Right. What's, what's on your mind today, Ollie? What's on your mind? The, th- the little thought I've had today is uh, just thinking about superhero films as we do. Thinking about... Jeez. Oh, uh, and this... here I am thinking we might be able to get through one episode without talking about the Hulk. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately not. It's going to be one of those. I find it... Mar- cool. Marvel's just, you know, it's just a cachet of thoughts because, like, the you know the cinematic universe is untreaded ground, and it's good to speculate about where it goes. Yeah, cool. And today, I want to speculate. What what do you think? I don't think I don't have a like concrete answer here. But what do you think is the logical conclusion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And it can be uh... now you can you can answer this like in universe, like what's going to happen, or but what I was more getting at was. How is Disney going to decide when it's done? Yeah. How is that decision made? Yeah, that's a tough one. Because you can do the whole... It could be like Star Wars, where it'll be done for a little while, and then it'll be brought back in a big way, like, many, many years later. And in between that gap, there would be comic books that they'll continue to sell. But Marvel started as comic books, so it doesn't, like that's not like an extra thing for the fans it's just a continuation of another thing right Um, because i think the i mean the logical thing is um they stop making a lot of money they get a bit you know everyone gets a bit tiresome and the genre dies out they're calling it yeah the fatigue the great fatigue you know they die out let's say but then in 10 years time they're still going to have the rights and they're just going to be like all right new avengers new style new like new head of the company who's going to take everything in a different direction that's going to be all different than before. 
But then what happens after that? Yeah, and, I just it, and, it, it, and for every time that it resurges, what happens? Like where does where does the cycle end? In a hundred years I, time, when does it <laughs> when does it end? I genuinely don't know if it will be ending in a hundred years time. That's the thing. The world might end before that because of what Donald Trump. But if you think about it, like it in a Doctor Who way, like it can just continue going forever. The characters yeah. will remain the same. The characters will always be popular and you just get different actors. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, that's, it's so difficult to determine what that's going to happen. Cause it's not like the mummy universe that lasted a film and a half. And then that's already like turned to shit. Yeah. It's so popular that you can't realistically say, I think people will be sick of this by, you know, 2038. I genuinely don't think that's going to be the case. There'll be like some sick, super obscure and unique team up that, you know, that's destined to happen that wouldn't have been seen by that point. And people are still going to care because it's the heights of the Marvel Cinematic Universe are pretty much unprecedented. So, yeah. You mentioned before, like, the world will end. And I was kind of thinking, yeah, the apocalypse is probably the the only thing that's going to end it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or another thing is, like, kind of how you said with, you know, there's going to be some new team-up. We can imagine a genre X where superhero films do, like, like, a really unique film and then that becomes popular. And it's still... it's maybe not something you would call a superhero film anymore, but it, it has its roots there. Like, it evolves into another really popular genre, and people can say, oh, yeah, this genre was brought around because back in, like, the twenty you know the 2020s, superhero films were popular, and they birthed this. And then... So, so it becomes, like, a whole new genre. I, I'm on board with that theory, and I think that that could be what happened. Yeah. I, I mean, I ask because... I, you know, the cinematic universe is just such a... I mean, I think it's a unique for, new format and it needs questioning. It needs interrogating. <laughs> Put it in a room with Batman and slam yeah. his head on the table. Yeah, exactly. It needs, you know, we need to find out what's going on with this guy. What is what is he done? Can I add a thought onto that thought? Yeah, sure. Do you think that something like um, that superhero movies, like how it was a it was a different work of fiction first, how it was comics and whatnot, and then and then slowly became the norm in cinema. Do you think right. the next trend is going to be something like that with previous um, like book adaptions, like what they had with The Mummy at the moment and stuff like that? Wait, was that a book adaption? Um, I'm not sure. I think the, the new Mummy was a remake of a 1930s Mummy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like, do you think like the next big thing could be video game movies or literature, like old literature, Murder on oh, the Orient yeah. Express kind of... Is that going to be um, the next big, big thing? I just don't know. I, I think video game movies, you know, Hollywood's pushing them. But no, like, no respected directors are really taking them on. So it's just Hollywood doing it by themselves, which is kind of... Yeah. You know, which is the problem right now. No. Well, then or- you could say that, like, it could be literature... Um, adaptions like and mm-hmm. big name directors like Spielberg are, are picking up Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, like that could be the next big thing. Yeah. Ready, Ready Player, Player One is a perfect of bit of everything. I yeah. Because it, it, that one's it interesting. Takes the word perfect out of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I'm, I'm so anti that movie like, already. I'm just putting that out there. 
Yeah. Well, I, I haven't seen the trailer, but I can tell you're anti. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I was in the cinema watching uh, Tomb Raider last week, and that trailer came on, and I was blocking my ears. Like, and I yep. was and closing screaming, my eyes. If, if I yeah, remember correctly, yeah. you were also screaming. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what I what my new tactic is to um, <laughs> stuff my mouth with M and M's or popcorn so I can only hear the crunching, which is oh, a pretty good tactic. that is not bad. That's a great yeah. idea. And <laughs> as you know, I bloody love popcorn. Yeah, so the idea of just stuffing it in your mouth is so good. You mentioned that uh, when we when you were going to watch Annihilation this week that you wanted to just literally go down to the cinema. Buy some popcorn and then come yeah. home and watch it. Did you do that? Yeah. No. It'd be like, <laughs> a, it'd be like a 10 minute drive and I just thought, oh, I just, I want it so bad, but I know that it'll be cold by the time I get home mm. and I'm, I'm at home um, just with the dogs at the moment. So the dogs would be on top of me the whole time. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to enjoy the movie because I'd have popcorn. So I just watched the movie in silence. <laughs> Make sure that they were asleep. So they didn't annoy me. But no, I yeah. didn't, but I wish I did because I'm hungry and I, I wanted them real bad. Yeah, I bet. Well, let's I, segue. I asked like in, six different in, people if they thought it would be okay. <laughs> I asked my brother, <laughs> um, my friend Brian and you, and I was just like, look, how much am I going to be judged by the people that work there and by you if I go and do this? And I've pretty much got a <laughs> unanimous, yeah, you're going to be judged, so maybe don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's a good idea. Thanks, man. I mean, you I mean, didn't tell you me that on the day. <laughs> oh, didn't I? I? I thought it was great. Um, uh, I mean, may, you can't, you can't you get you can't get as good as popcorn as at the cinema, so you might as well go get some decent stuff rather than the microwave crap. It's true. I it's just I can't handle the microwave crap. It's it's yeah. worse in literally every way. Even the fact that it's so simple to buy and cheap, like I still, it's not worth it. Never. I, I saw an internet thread saying, like, has anyone successfully made as good as popcorn at home as the movies, as, like, as at the cinema? And a- apparently there is some secret to adding just so much butter. <laughs> oh, really? Know. That's all yeah, it like takes? Yeah, like, like, it's butter and, I don't know, salt as well, I don't know. Some, there was something you just add so much of that it's just Corn, ridiculous. I think it is. Ah, let's this segue into into um, how was your, if you didn't have popcorn, how was your viewing experience of Annihilation? Did you, did you darken the room? Room was darkened, yes. Great, great. You had, I told you to have good uh, sound, good headphones or good speakers. Yes, um, I, I was watching it on my PlayStation 4 and yep. I... I, I connected some fancy $100 headphones to it, uh, to the to the controller, so I was listening straight to my headphones. And I'll yep. tell you what, I wouldn't recommend it, I the think. Headphones? No, like maybe, maybe because I'm a big sound disgusting nerd. Yeah, But it was really odd. It was really odd listening to it like that with fancy headphones on, because, like, you could hear during some scenes, like, say if there was, like, a just a dialogue happening between two characters and the room around them was silence like Mm. and that happened in quite a few times in annihilation we'll get to in a second but there were times when there's when there was no dialogue happening it would be entirely silent and then someone was about to speak so 
like a second and a half or two seconds before their dialogue would start, I could hear like the noise from the edit of like, all right, here it is. Like you would just kind of hear complete silence. And then what are you going to say to me right now? And then it would cut out and I'm like, Oh Oh, no. Yeah. Like it it was like very fascinating for me as a sound person to like actually hear that in a feature. Like, yeah. cause I've never experienced that before. So I didn't, I didn't at any point take them out and just return back to the TV and the surround system I've got. I continued to listen to the whole thing like that just so I could like, you know, hear what it's like to what an actual professional edit sounds like. Oh, okay. Well, very I- interesting, but it's a shame you could hear that, I guess. Cause, uh. Yeah, it, it yeah. was only during like the, uh, some of those interrogation scenes that was yeah. very noticeable just because the entire point of the scene is that it's very quiet. So when you've got yeah. big fancy headphones on, it's easy to pick up on those things. But it was very, very beneficial having these stuff, this stuff on like for the score and the sound editing, especially in the final act, was like insane. So do you want to start talking about our thoughts on the yeah, film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Annihilation, for listeners who haven't seen it, you should probably go see it rather than listen to this first um, because we'll have spoilers for Annihilation. Um, So Annihilation is about Natalie Portman. Lena. Lena. Great. I've start- if you haven't noticed, for the last couple of weeks, I'm sorry, in my notes, I've I've screenshotted the um the IMDb page of the actors' names and the characters yeah. that they play, and it's That's in really front good. of me. That's yeah, great. I've been doing it for like three <laughs> weeks now, and it's really beneficial. <laughs> yeah, so it's about um, Lena, and she's a biologist, and her husband, who's played by Oscar Isaac, returns home after a year missing. Presumed dead, he went on a combat mission to an unknown unknown location. He returns, but he's immediately taken um, by a mysterious group of um, SWAT team or something along those lines, government agents, and so is she. And she wakes up in this facility, and they tell her that there is this alien sort of force field called the Shimmer about a year ago, uh, two years ago, I think. It landed on Earth, and it has slowly started to spread. And people that have gone inside the Shimmer have never returned. So she wants to go in along with a group of four other women and they want to find out what's going on in the shim. Yes, very accurate. Do they say anywhere in the film if like the public are aware of the shimmer? Because it was in like a public park, but for some reason like Lena didn't know about it. Do you know if they no, justified that? Because I was a bit confused. There was a line saying that they evacuated one of the towns that was inside the shimmer before the shimmer reached it. And that they lied to the town and said it was um, like a just a, uh, a disease outbreak or something. And they had to yeah. get out. So, no, I think they've kept it under wraps. All right, so what are your thoughts? What's your first thing you got to say about Annihilation? Um, Which is, uh, it's airing on Netflix in pretty much everywhere in the world except for America, where it's only in theatres. Brutal. And apparently it's not doing very well. Oh, but uh, they get that that good shit popcorn, though. (laughs) My favourite part about this was that it's on Netflix and I got to watch it at home with my dogs. Yep. And I could listen to <laughs> it with, with my headphones on and I didn't have to pay $25 for a, for a popcorn and a movie ticket. So um, what did you know going into this one? Alright, so what I knew about this was, um, at first I investigated the cast list. 
So I was happy to see that there were some big names in here. Like I'm looking at it now, you got you got Natalie Portman, uh, Oscar Isaac, obviously, um, yep. Benedict Wong, who is Wong in Doctor Strange, yep. um, Tessa Thompson, who is um, Valkyrie in the Thor Ragnarok movie. I was very excited because I like some of those people, and it's interesting to get a big name cast like that out of a netflix exclusive movie which i didn't know was in theaters at this point so i was like oh this is gonna be massive because clearly they've got a lot of love and thought into this where big names are doing netflix only stuff um but yeah that turned out not to be the case um and the other thing that i knew about it was that i watched the trailer just like minutes before i watched the movie and i watched it on netflix and the netflix trailer is like uh, it was like three minutes and it basically tells the first half of the story. Like, it's yeah. very chronological. Had did, had you seen it? I, I just watched it just then. I hadn't seen it prior. But, yeah, they do. They they introduce the whole plot. They introduce what the shimmer is. Um, they introduce them walking in. They introduce yep. the alligator uh, shark thing. They yep. show the creepy bear monster for, for a couple yeah. frames. Yeah. Those two things are such a shame because, like, for, I mean, for me, I had no idea what the shim. Like, the only thing I knew was they're in terrain that you know is alien. That I think that's all I knew because I'd seen a picture of them look like them walking through an alien sort of terrain with guns. I didn't know if they were on another planet. What was going on? So when they, you know, they introduced the idea that there's this shimmer on Earth, and I'm like, oh, okay, so they maybe that's where they're going. So they end up walking there, but I had no idea what was in there i just thought it was you know it's just a terrain i didn't know if there were monsters i didn't know if there was another life form in there so yeah they showed in the trailer a bit uh this bear hybrid thing and also not just the alligator but they showed the whole sequence of them discovering the alligator and her killing the alligator from start to finish and the person going hey is is everything okay in there it's like not nothing's really in there then she gets pulled back and it was like the scary moment don't don't show a whole sequence in your trailer yeah it's not especially when it's like one of the actiony sequences in a in a movie that's not an action film this is a sci-fi movie so like don't don't spoil a a different element like that yeah just show some frames of some of the cool sci-fi shit and people will get involved if they like sci-fi films so yeah that was a little bit of a shame they, so I they felt like I had already the, seen the first half of the film. Yeah, they they also changed kind of the the plot from the trailer and like the way the plot is introduced in the trailer. It, it makes out that um, you know, her husband's gone. We don't know how long for, but then she just gets a call from um yeah. Ventress, and then then she comes in. But in the movie, he actually returns home, and then she gets kidnapped by the by the organization, and that's how she meets her. So, like, they, they even changed the woman... Like, they changed Ventress's voice to sound like it was on the phone, but in the movie it actually happens, you know, in a real conversation. That's, and that's interesting very, the way they introduced her. Yeah, that, and that's a that's a cool um, Thor's... They're, they're calling it... This is a real thing, and I bloody... I swear to God, I wish I came up with this, because I talked about it in the Thor episode of the yeah. show, but um, they're calling it now when they deliberately take, apart from the trailer and... CGI edit like different parts of it out and like in this case yep. they actually took the effort to change the the way that the voice is recorded to, to make it sound yeah. like it's on a phone they're calling it um 
Thor's eye patch because at the end of the trailer for Thor Ragnarok, Thor stands up on the um, rainbow bridge and he doesn't have an eye patch on because in that part of the movie, his eye had been taken out. So in the movie, like it's like a big, like gaping hole in his face, essentially. So like they actually take the effort to like CGI a different shot from the trailer in the film. So I like, I'm on board with that because you can kind of get more speculative when it comes to like big trailers breakdowns coming out infinity war trailer just came out there was a second one and people are now not sure if what they're seeing is what is actually going to happen in the film but like they're still excited for the film because it it can't be like entirely misdirection but like say if like one character is like punching another character you can kind of be like yeah but the way that they cut the trailer up might have been different than how they're going to cut it up in the film now like people are being a little bit more like judgy about it which i think is a good thing because you're getting discussion but you're not getting spoiled yeah and it's good when they they make the conscious decisions to do those things because if they did show you like thor's eye patch yeah that would that would kind of ruin a lot of things so yeah it's, it's good in that sense but then i don't know what to think about the annihilation one where they've changed their voice because i don't i don't really know how it changed it i think maybe they just did it because they wanted to introduce you to the plot very quickly in the trailer Whereas to if you explain the actual chronological order of things that happen in the movie, it might take a bit longer to explain what's going on and everything. Yeah, of course. Like it just it gets. Yeah. In this case, it's not that great because the point is is that they're using it to tell the plot rather than having something that can be speculative. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm absolutely not comparing this to a a beneficial example of Thor's eye patch. But yeah. it's just interesting to see that they did make a conscious effort in the trailer to get what is needed to be said, but they changed it to make it easier for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I'm so still disappointed in the trailer overall. The one that was on Netflix, at least, like, I, I imagine because this has a theatrical release, there would be, like, one or two theatrical trailers. Uh, I hadn't seen those, so maybe those are more, you know, general and more basic, like the typical trailer would be. But... Yeah, the one that was actually on Netflix that you're you're kind of like pushed to watch before the film. Like it's oh, I hate it, that. Auto- just kind I hate of that feature on PlayStation where it automatically plays trailers and shit. And so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very frustrating. And Annihilation is like the front thing on the page when I went to watch it, and it just immediately comes up with um, what's his name, Ken Wong, and it was what's his name, Benedict Wong. Oh yeah, Wong? B- Benedict Wong. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately comes up with him, and I'm like, "Oh no, stop! Cease <laughs> your spoilers." Don't you know yeah. Netflix? Out of the 700 million people that subscribe to your app, that I personally am doing a podcast in which I don't watch trailers. Ugh. <laughs> um, the kind of th- other things I knew about this film, I knew the director Alex Garland. Um, his only other film, I'm pretty sure, is Ex Machina, which Ooh, stars notoriously um, good film. Yep stars Oscar, Mr. Oscar Isaac, and also Alicia Vikander of the famous Tomb Raider fame. Oh, I didn't know that. There's also, um, what's his name, T- uh, Domino Gleeson. He's also in it. So I'm, I was happy he he was in it, because he, I mean, sorry, the director. I'm happy the director was doing it, because Ex Machina was hell good. However, yeah. I, this came out very uh, closely to another movie that I was excited for, which is called Mute, which is made by uh, David Bowie's son. Uh, what's his bloody name? Uh, Moon Bowie. Uh, D- Duncan Jones. And he made Moon, he made Source Code, which are really two good films. And then he made Warcraft. Oh. He uh, he then made this his his uh, his passion project, which he wants to make for so long, called Mute, 
which is like a noir sci-fi, which sounds hell cool, doesn't it? Yeah. He dedicated it to David Bowie and everything, saying like, this is for you. And apparently it came out, like I knew that when it was coming out and I went on Netflix and it wasn't on the front page. I was like, what? I thought it was coming out today. I searched it and it was there, but it's just like they weren't advertising it. I was like, that's funny. Looked it up. Five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, no. Everyone, everyone calling it the worst piece of trash like they've ever seen. They hated it. Um, uh. That made me very wary for Annihilation because I thought, uh oh, two, you know, directors who have proven themselves in the past coming out with new films on Netflix. Netflix, uh, who knows what's going to happen? But yes, I was um, very happy with Annihilation. What were you? What were your thoughts on Annihilation? Did you like it? I was very happy with Annihilation as well. Sorry, I'm just thinking about Mute. I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I can't believe that that would happen. Poor, yeah, poor Moon, um, poor Moon <laughs> Bowie had what's his name Ant Man in it, um, and he has like poor, a poor Rudd, Rudd. and yeah. he has like a hundred percent track record before that as well. So it's just what, a, what a shame that the one movie that he does outright dedicate to his father is the bad yeah. one that's such a shame his literal passion project you know and oh. <laughs> it's just got trash uh, yeah so i i enjoyed annihilation it was good <laughs> well what here's else? the thing I, I for me i yes i enjoyed every goddamn second of annihilation and i have to oh, say wow. I, like i finished it and i immediately said to whoever was in the vicinity i said it's stunning. You have to watch Annihilation. It is just absolutely stunning. The Where it shines, and it shines in so many ways, uh, is, first of all, the cinematography, which is immediately apparent. Even in scenes where they're not even in the shimmer, they're just in a house, every, every shot looks perfect. Like, the lighting in it is perfect. It's done so well. I don't know how much of it is digital, because a lot of it kind of does look digital. There's a lot of lens flares going on to maybe, you know, hide the fact it's CGI and they want to, you know, distract you with bright lights and stuff. But yeah. it was just, it was beautiful. And then they go into the shimmer and it's, and it's even better. It's like everything's got this blue-green tones. Like there's this blue fog almost in the background of shots that's not really there. And then is the sky purple? I don't know. It, all, it all looks amazing. And, it, you know, as they go further and further in, you see all these, these great set pieces. All the set design is just, you know, beautiful. At the end of the film, when yeah. she's you know heading towards the lighthouse, all those the trees you don't need to explain what they are or how they are like that. You kind of get it from the plot that the water has formed into trees because the whole idea of the shimmer that, that they come to realize is that everything is being like um, refracted, refracted in the sense. And I, I kind of had to look it up because I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and yeah. it, it's it's just like it, it blurs the lines of how like DNA and molecules and I, th- I think this is it like how things interact and biology interacts with each other so that you have these really like weird hybrids where the plants grow into the shape of people because you know people that die their DNA becomes like confused with the plant DNA and then it, the plants grow into the shape of people and I just thought that's such a cool idea not only a cool idea it just looks amazing on film when they cut to this image you see these trees in the shape of people and you for immediately like for a second you're like what the hell is that are these dead people that the plants have grown into but no it's literally like the trees have grown like that and it's just it was just so cool to see everything was every you know little set piece had a story to tell and you 
they didn't always need to explain what it was. You could just get it sometimes, and it was just awesome. So what do you think about that? <laughs> I think it's very, it's very fun to see you so passionate about something. Yes, so, so passionate. No, I, I completely agree with you on in literally everything that you said. You could tell that it was a... Um, it was like a set designer and visual effects coordinator's dream and nightmare at the same time. Yeah. Like, this whole time they would have been like, oh, it would be so cool if you could like, I don't know, like an alligator but with a shark's mouth. Like how would we be able to do that? Because that will be so interesting and visually awesome. Mm. But then at the same time, actually putting it together, I imagine would be so brutal and so difficult. The fact that they actually made it look as amazing as they did with the Netflix you know, with the Netflix brand as well, not not a Spielberg, like, $700 billion of budget was just amazing. And it is a spectacle, and it is one of the most beautiful and most interesting films that I've ever seen. And yeah, like you said, it only gets better. The first half of the film and the second half are two very different beasts. Yeah. The first one is... Sl- like, the first half is very slow and caring with the development of the characters mm-hmm. um except f- i will say that some of the um the introduction to the crew i think could have been a little bit longer <laughs> that because you don't really know who they are when they're walking in except for ventress for before that you only get literally one scene before they all enter into the um yeah. the shimmer together but besides mm-hmm. that look i'm i'm now i'm starting to talk about a complaint but the first half of the film is so so it's so different than the second half mm. and the second half is so better so if you're watching it and you're enjoying the first half then it's awesome because you just know oh this is going to get insane and me yeah. as someone who had seen the trailer i knew that you're gonna start getting some horror elements soon and again the trailer shows pretty much all of the creatures that you see including like the very pretty ones like the deer looking thing the very skinny mm-hmm. deers that you only see for half a second that was like the first shot in the trailer yeah so i was like i can't wait for them all to go into the shimmer because it's going to be visually so satisfying and it was yeah so yeah and i'm so happy like as you said like the second half is better than the first but the first half is still really good i'm just so happy that it got better as it went on so many uh, 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 this is very true of horror movies some horror movies has awesome concept and they, the mystery behind the concept builds so well and you're like wow what is going on here like this is so creepy I want to know what's going on this is scary and creepy and I don't understand it and in this it's definitely that like as you're going through you're like what is going on even as they explain like the refraction that's what's happening and people like you know you're deteriorating the longer you spend in there it's like oh god that's terrifying there's also monsters in there or like these evil hybrid things but even then you still don't understand what's going on what is causing this what's in the lighthouse and there's a whole mystery and i'm so happy that at the end it just got insane they go in you go into the lighthouse and you expect okay final confrontation it's so hard it would be so hard to come up with something that is satisfying to pay off what happened and instead of going oh you know plot twist it was this all along it's just they introduce this new weird ass thing that's just new and also just as mysterious as anything that they've encountered before. And it's just, it's fantastic. And the the dance, um, or I don't know if it was a dance, but her final confrontation with this, the being that causes everything, it was surreal and unexplainable. Like, I didn't know how to feel during it. I'd never seen it before. She yeah. essentially is 
this this being comes alive and it is mimicking her and it's just like this blank slate of a of a figure and the more it mimics her it's trying to kind of take her on and take on her appearance and mimic her actions but it's not doing it evil yeah. like it's not evil it's just it's trying to violent. learn it's confused she wasn't even sure if the being knew she was there it's just doing what it does and so and yeah and like her and the fact like they had this the soundtrack going all through it and i just didn't understand because you're looking at this thing and thinking what the hell am i looking at you know she's still alive and you expect her to be dead <laughs> i don't know why you just expect like oh alien it's gonna kill her but it doesn't kill her mm-hmm. it's like it's turning her into her and it's just it makes it so much more intense and like you just feel for her because you're like how was she how would you cope with this it's turning into you. How do you cope with that? It was And you can tell as well that she insane. Natalie Portman like she's trying to cope with it in a variety of different ways. Like yeah. at first when it all starts to appear in front of her, she grabs a gun and starts getting very violent and shooting at it, not sure what is happening. And then another point she tries to escape, but then she can't escape for another reason I don't want to get too spoilery. And it's not until like she settles down and learns from the thing that's trying to learn from her when she realizes how it's possible to escape. She's not just a hero that knows everything and violence with a gun was the answer. She went through lots of different escape routes to try to figure out what to what to do in that position. Yeah. And she had to she had to step back and think and learn what was happening to how to get out of there. And like mm-hmm. that that entire from the second you walk into the to the lighthouse for the first time until the very end of the lighthouse sequence there are like six major things that happen and all Mm. of them were surprising and all of them were cool everything was awesome about that final that final scene amazing and in a situation that is already establishes so hopeless like the fact you're you're in the shimmer and your mind is going to deteriorate there is like it is hope it's a hopeless situation and then she's confronted with this thing who's like trying to become her even more hopeless and you just don't know if she's going to survive and it's foreshadowed as well in the film with the 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 thing that is trying to become her basically just looks like a humanoid that's made out of like metal um, like very like smooth metal like when she earlier in the film she pricks herself with some blood or she pricks herself and gets some blood puts it into a microscope and Ah, she can see she can see the cells dividing and one of them is kind of like this metal-ish like very strange particular cell and she is obviously as a biologist is very confused by it and starts to realize what's happening so when she goes into the lighthouse and what actually happens that makes this alien thing come out at her is because a piece of her blood goes into this like hole i I don't want to say hole like a like a portal thing (laughs) um it's it's teased before that as well so yeah. it's, it's not just a there's this one thing that is making all of this happen it's more of a yeah. this is a reasonable explanation for why this is happening yeah but you would never have a, guessed it but it did come around such an abstract concept that if you wanted to explain the plot of this to another person it'd be kind of hard like you can say oh you know biology is refraction and then this happens because it's such like a hard concept to portray they've done it so well not just in the dialogue, but also just visually, you get it. Like, even if you yeah. don't get it, you kind of get it. <laughs> you get it enough <laughs> yeah. that it that the story makes sense. And this final scene with the the dancing between her and the this creature, the the scene I would compare it to most, and I don't. This is more the feeling I got from it rather than 
how it actually was was the only thing I could think of was the ending of Interstellar. I was about where... to say, I know you're going to say Interstellar. Oh wow, <laughs> really? Did you? <laughs> yeah, this is this because yeah, because unex... it gets abstract and strange, and yeah. you remember the last act more than anything else. Yeah, it's just like the ending of Interstellar. She, she, and you know, I love my black holes. She, uh, I said, <laughs> he fall, he falls into a black hole. Well, people generally know that if you fall into a black hole, you just die. But also, we don't really know. And so the idea that when you see what happens when he falls in and there's all these lines and you're like, what is going on? And then the lines turn into a room and this infinite room and then you realise the lines are just a bookshelf and he's behind the bookshelf in this timeless void. It's horrifying, unexplainable, but also when I'm watching it, I'm like, makes sense. This is what the inside of a black hole would look like. I don't like, I don't know how and I don't, I don't understand, but like the way it's visually represented, just like, yep, that makes sense. And in this weird way that is not explainable, and you know, this dance scene it, with this with this creature, you're like, I don't understand what this being is. And she and she is totally, and Natalie Portman's totally doomed, but like, I get it. Like, this is what it would look like. It was just weird and crazy and abstract. And I loved it. Me too, man. You yeah. know what else I liked? Um, just just stepping away from the final act for a second the beginning of the second where they walk into the shimmer for the first time yeah. and all you've been given in the context beforehand is everyone that walks in is doomed yeah. and it's basically a suicide mission the only person that's got out is oscar isaac and here we go let's it's going to be a phenomenon we have no idea what to expect and the way that they translate that into actually showing us that is um they walk in it cuts to a different shot of a flashback which is not what you were expecting at all and you're just going what what like mm. holy shit there's a there's a big moment yeah. here the scene last that shot actually only lasts maybe six or seven seconds and then it cuts back to natalie portman waking up and she's confused and dazed and she walks out and she meets up with the rest of the crew and they're also dazed and confused until one of them says i've counted up the rations we've eaten a bit of food we've eaten enough for maybe about four days we've been yeah. here for almost a week already and <sighs> and you just go holy hell they really are going in on this confusion aspect the very first time that you introduced to the inside of the shimmer you're already going oh it's not like i was imagining at all it's yeah they're not even going to show us walking them walking in it just cuts to them being in for a, a week in the future but they all have just woken up for the first time in their you know from their point of view for the first time yeah it was every just time awesome. you think just very strange yeah. Every time you think you know what's going on, they just change the playing field again, and they're like, "Nope, you're just as confused still." And it, yeah, yeah, they just they uh, leave the audience, you know, like the characters, the audience are just as confused and don't get, can't comprehend what's going on, and it's crazy. I was gonna say, what did you think of the uh, amazing dancing bear? <laughs> I <laughs> I was also about to segue by saying, what did you think of our favorite scene? because I reckon, <laughs> I reckon we both are very much involved with what is probably the most creepy and terrifying scene in a film I've ever seen that isn't yeah. a jump scare. Like, it's just, yeah. it's the perfect, perfect embodiment of awful 
suspenseful creepy. creepiness yeah mm. that it, that isn't just a here's a here's an empty room and then there's a high pitched sound that happens for 4 seconds and then it becomes a loud bang and something jumps out of the screen at you like that's not scary yeah. in the same way like this was the most unsettling thing i've ever seen do you want to explain yeah. what it was so th- this bear that's kind of established they they know there's this bear and it's killed one of their friends already and then later uh they're in this house and they hear her friend calling out like help help and then the lady runs out and we hear a bear roar and then in walks this bear hybrid with a um i don't know an anteater and it had a and its face was like a a skull as well and then cubone <laughs> but the noise it is making it is the noise of their dead friend going help but it doesn't sound like it's just like you know it swallowed a voice recorder it sounds like this is coming from the creature and it's and you know we both love this scene not just cuz how creepy it is like the sound design is yeah goddamn awesome the way they made you feel like this is this is genuinely coming from this creature and it was just it's Which just so was... creepy it's walking around this room i think it's blind but it's walking around the room and it's going me. and it's just oh terrifying and it's not just like it is you know it the, the way that they edit it is that they still have the low grumbles and growls of a bear it's not just like the actress walked into a studio recorded that and then they just put that into the scene like it it does sound like it's coming straight from the bear like you said in in the most like flawless way of actually making something so ridiculous look like Mm. you said before you you just go yep that is what this awful nightmarish thing would sound like like it did it didn't at all for a second make me go uh typical hollywood here's how they did it as a sound design person myself here's (laughs) what they did like it was just amazing terrifying of course the voice is going up and down as the creature is breathing. That really sells it. Uh, I really, I really hope that they get a some kind of award for this in in sound and audio design. I would hope that too. I'm, I mean, I get, I guessing the like the same way. Oh no, well, Blade Runner did get awards, didn't it? Even though it didn't get Best Picture nod. I was wondering because it, you know as this it shouldn't have. <laughs> because this movie didn't make as much money and the Oscars are notorious or and you know award things are notorious for just saying oh we it wasn't popular so we're not including it like yeah. I hope that's not the case because this was really deserving of you know either cinematography and sound design just another quick note on sound design as Natalie Portman actually says to Oscar Isaac like the silence is 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 deafening it is very loud the silence is there are scenes where you feel it's an action se- sequence, and but the fact there's no music that uh, this was apparent during the crocodile scene, there was no music during it, and so you have no frame of reference for where the climax of the scene is. Like you don't know because Very the music isn't point. the music's not building to any crescendo. You don't know when the scene's going to end. It's just you just hear them screaming, you hear the monster ro- roaring, and you don't know what's going to happen. And I think that was so goddamn great and this you know there's silence near through the whole film there's barely any music until the end where they blast sound at you in that final dance scene and it's this alien sound from what i can tell and this is why i told you to you know make sure you have good sound scott because apparently in american theaters 
it is so loud, louder than Dunkirk in Not that last scene. scene. Yeah, no, apparently it's louder than Dunkirk, and in some theatres, it actually blew the speakers. Interesting. Wow. And people, okay. people were like, were they allowed to do this? Like, had, did they have to get permission to have it this loud? Because it was just deafening, that final scene. That's I'm insane. Saying, I'm, I, yeah, I'm really sad I didn't get to see it in a cinema. Yeah, I, I remember um, in, the, in the Netflix trailer, you said that you watched that earlier, yeah? Yeah. It, it plays that very... It's a very short little, like, soundbite, maybe, like, three seconds. Mm. They play it, like, in the middle of the trailer before I had any idea of, like, what the... You know, what that motif was, what that sound motif is. Mm. Um, a light motif, I should say. Um, but, you, but you do get a sense that it's very eerie and very scary. But it it made me laugh during the trailer, and I went back <laughs> because I thought something was wrong. Like... Right. Because the whole trailer was, um, you know, that if we're saying this, you know, audibly, let's say that the the trailer in in percentage of volume was sitting at fifty percent volume, and then this yeah. thing, this like weird soundbite plays, this light motif that plays, and it's probably at like ninety five percent volume, <laughs> and I was, and I was just so confused. I was like, oh, was that? Like, did my phone go off? Like, did I like did a video start playing on my phone or something as I was watching it? And I went back and I watched it again. And then watching the movie, I was like waiting for it because I was like, this surely has to have something to do with it. It was memorable. Like, it was it was a very mm. like very strange tune that you hear. And obviously, the fact that it's so loud is very fascinating. But I thought that I thought the editing was bad. But now after seeing the film and, and obviously the the volume goes up to 11, it's just, I realised that when I was watching the actual third act, like, okay, this is what was happening and I understand that I got this uneasy feel during the trailer and this is why, like, the, the music itself did a very excellent job and I was waiting for it to happen throughout the whole film, like, waiting for that, like, motif to play. So the fact that, like you said before, that it was silent from all the mm. way up to halfway through the uh, the end of the third act it was like very confusing as to why they hadn't had this music but you made an excellent point in explaining why that was effective so yeah 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 and it just you know it makes the last scene stand out even more because you realize for the first time oh my god we're being blasted with sound and the whole movie has just been this quiet thing leading up to this and now it's just loud and full in your face did you have any um theories before the before the final act or like of, um, like not of what the, what was causing it but maybe just what you thought might happen i really didn't i i had no idea i thought it would just be i didn't think it would be an alien or a creature i thought it was because they had never actually encountered an alien during their whole thing it was it turned out there was just animals that were being you know mutated i thought that you know they'd get there and it would be a um some sort of plant or some sort of, you know, alien, um, like, biological structure. Not not a being. Certainly not a being. Yeah. And so when, when yeah. I did, you know, when I, you did see him, you're like, I was really surprised by it. What did you think? Do what you was think, your theories? Oh, I had, a, I had a theory about halfway through where they kept on showing Lena um, having an affair with somebody and they were making uh. it very... They were making it very obvious that there was some kind of like DNA mixing happening. So I was thinking like she's gonna like see some like or like give birth to you know the baby of this person yeah, that okay. was inside <laughs> her at some point that 
she's not pregnant or anything, but like that's where the creepy weirdness would have happened. Like that, I just something like that. Uh, yeah, do you no, think I Gawain is a replicant? I don't think she's a replicant. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, whatever I'm you know, what, you. whatever we want to call it. I think Os- you know, obviously Oscar Isaac he is, but I think yep. she just had a trace of it in her. She's not Me too, one yeah. of them. Yeah, I, I was I was confused. I wasn't too sure if I should look up like a ending of Annihilation explained, but like the way that I, the way that I perceived it was that he was a replicant and she wasn't, but she had some like she still had like trace elements of the shimmer within her. Exactly. Which could be the 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 uh, the uh, the baby. My theory could happen in the oh, next yeah. movie because <laughs> the <laughs> See, the DNA mixing is within her now. You, the th- your theory about like you know you, yeah they did kept cutting back to past life and that was kind of reminiscent of Arrival because you know they, she has those flashbacks and then at the end it turns out that the flashbacks are actually flash forwards and you're like whoa okay man and that's all part of the plot so you're right like they did kept keep um going back to these earlier scenes and you're like oh, okay what does it all mean what's yeah. going on how does it relate to the shimmer is there time travel going on what would you give the score pass what about you <gasps> oh, the, the the movie gets a pass uh, yeah nah just kidding it gets a <laughs> high distinction it was very good <laughs> very good i also give a high high distinction favorite film of the year so far and i honestly do think it will be tough to beat it like this I had such a good time, and I really want to watch it again. There's not many movies like where I want to go straight back into it, you know? really enjoyed it from start to finish. And the trailer, you're right, um, there were so many things that were spoiled, uh, and I would probably only give it a credit or something. I, I kind of thought, because they, obviously they bombed in the... I think they're bombing in the American box office. And so I'm thinking, what do they need to do to get general audience to see this? They need to make it seem like it's an action film. And... The trailer actually kind of did do that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I was, don't know what... I was expecting from the trailer it to be a lot more horror than it was. Yeah, right. It, okay. Like, a lot more, yeah, horror than a thriller. Like, it was a lot more thriller. But the way that yeah. they showed um, the creature, like, the bear creature, like, right up next close to them, I thought that sequence was going to be a lot longer than it was, and that was going to be, yeah. like, the big bad thing that they were being chased by the whole movie. Um, I'll give the trailer... a credit all right let's quickly do a little segment before we end a little game we like to play called critically acclaimed or critically lame i'm going to read you two haikus they both describe a movie each one of them describes a critically acclaimed film one of them describes a not so well received film and you got to tell me which one's which you remember the rules it's been so long since we played i remember it's unforgettable because it's such a groundbreaking cool idea here we go here's your first uh, haiku. Teen finds out he's the son of a fishy guy. Proves he's not the same. Teen, teen finds out he's the son of a fishy guy. Yeah. Proves he's not the same. The second one is... After diving headfirst into the loo, man sees drugs are not the way. <laughs> <laughs> I bet one of these is like a sci-fi film and the other one is like a documentary like it sounds like the second (laughs) one is like gonna be a comedy but maybe not (laughs) i'm not sure if you've seen either of them maybe one of them (sighs) but you would i think you you know you can kind of tell you would know premises you know i'm i'm wondering if the word fishy in uh in the first haiku is 
um, relevant because that's that's using the fact that we're doing this as a haiku is kind yeah. of giving me an idea that it is literal almost in a sense uh-huh. because fishy has two syllables <laughs> and you could have just said bad or like if you if you wanted to like make make more space for yourself so so i'm thinking uh, very huh. analytic of you yeah yeah and okay i'm i hope it's not the shape of water <laughs> <laughs> what's i'm trying i'm trying to brainstorm like what do you well, what do you, but just based on the haikus cuz i don't think you can guess what films they are but okay maybe right. you can guess just based on what you think is a good movie what's a bad movie i think i think the more interesting film would be a person realizing that drugs are not the way and fixing his life up than just a i'm not like my dad here i am being a different person than my dad you know like so right. so i'm going to say that Haiku 1 was the critically lame, and Haiku yeah. 2 was the critically acclaimed film. Very, very good. You have yes. thought that one out very well. And you, even your, you. reasoning, your reasoning aligns with the films. The second one, the critically acclaimed one, after diving headfirst into the loo, man sees drugs are not the way, is Trainspotting. Ah, oh, you okay. You've never seen Trainspotting? Uh, no, it's in my Netflix uh, list, and I'm watching it oh, with yeah. my dad as soon as he gets back from Bali in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so yeah, yeah he he right has a hallucination early on in the film where he jumps into the toilet and you know not I'm, like he he literally dives in and I think he goes down the pipe. I don't I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it's a okay. hallucination, and then he sees that drugs another way. <laughs> and the the first one, Teen finds out he's the son of a fishy guy. Proves he's not the same. You're right to catch on to the word fishy. Because yep. it is good. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Lightning Thief. Oh God! So Percy Jackson is the son of Poseidon, mm. <laughs> and also he has to prove he's not the Lightning Thief. <laughs> but the movie is called <laughs> The Lightning Thief. <laughs> yep, he's got to um, prove he's not. He didn't steal the lightning. It wasn't him. Do you know what my experience is with that film? The Percy Jackson film is. Uh, you own the DVD cover, and not yes. the DVD. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this, that that uh, that DVD has a very special place in my heart because I I got it from um, Video Easy. The video shop uh, in my hometown was closing down, and I picked up a whole bunch of bad, terrible movies. I've just grabbed whatever because it was like a dollar each. I took I played Overwatch at a friend's house um, on my PlayStation Four, and I took the case over there. But then for whatever reason. I couldn't find the case and probably was stolen by that friend. Nah, he's probably listening. G'day. You're a good, you're a good boy. I'm just messing. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, geez, here I go. I need to take the game back and I need to take it in a case. Well, I've got this Percy Jackson thing that I hate and I'll never watch it. So I just threw out the disc and I had the case. So Very good decision. Great decision. You don't need to <laughs> just watch use it. the case. Yeah, and now yeah. I've got... I've got a whole bunch of PS4 games on a list, and then also Percy Jackson in there as well. Mm, very good. That is the end of the podcast. Very congratulations to you for getting it Thank right. You. Thank you very much. Congratulations Thanks. to you also having the same opinions as me on Annihilation. I'm, gra- I'm glad we agreed on it. Because yep, you would have you would been, have been so upset if I hated it. You would have been cruising for a bruising had you not. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> 
Um, that brings us to the end of the show. You can do the, the plugs. Hi, everyone. My name is Scott, and um, let's do the plugs. So if you want to get in contact with the show, you can do that by emailing us. Uh, you can get in contact with uh, ignoranceisthispodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to follow us on Facebook, which we would really appreciate, uh, that is facebook.com slash ignoranceisthispodcast. Also, uh, our Twitter is ignoranceispod. And we also have a new Tumblr account that's been made uh, by our good friend and illustrationist Eden. And um, that's ignoranceisthispodcast at hot... No, at... I was going to say at hotmail.com. That's not right. Ignorance is this podcast at tumblr.com. And you can check out the art there in full definition. It looks really excellent on that page. So go check that out and get in contact with the show. If you have any questions for us, we can answer them on the pod, etc., etc. Now we're going to do a haiku to round out the show. A haiku based on the movie we watched this week, Annihilation. And I've let the hype for this one marinate sort of mentioning at the start of the show that I was kind of proud of this one. So here it is. Nice. If the shimmer was real, internet people would try to make cat dogs. That is cute and true. <laughs> Just a nice one. Cat dog, cat dog. Just a wholesome dog. one. <laughs> Alone in the world, live a little cat dog. Good night, Australia. Du, 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 du. Bye.